0: So yesterday and also last night as well, Governor Doug Bergen, he brought in the big guns, the big, the big guns to North Dakota to sell his idea, or at least help sell his idea of a presidential library that would take place right here in North Dakota in Medora to be more specific. This is a pic of him with Melanie and Rob Walton. I, I don't know. You may have heard that name before. Small store called Walmart they're associated with something like that. Also, he brought in. Theodore Roosevelt V, the he was in town as well to sell some legislators on why North Dakota needs a presidential library again in Maduro. I want to share with you a quick interesting stat. We're going to break down some numbers here in a moment with the governor, but just to give you some context here, this is actually from the governor's office. He shared this with us yesterday. In 2017, the Theodore Roosevelt Park had 708,000 visitors. They spent a total of about $44 million. That works out to be about 62 million per person. Kind of keep some of those numbers in the back of your mind. We're going to go back to those uh, in our interview with Governor Burgum, which by the way, Governor Burgum from the great state of North Dakota is joining us now live from our studio in Bismarck. Governor Burgum, always great Hi. to have you here, sir. Welcome back to Point of View. I want to start with this. I think a lot of people are talking about 50 million of our money going into a library for the person at home watching right now. Because as you know, everybody listens in their world of, hey, what's in it for me? For the person at home watching right now, how does fifty million dollars spent on a library help them at their own dinner table?
1: Well, Chris, first of all, great to be on the show, and uh, shout out to Jesse Burgum, uh, twenty-three year olds, twenty-three years old today on their the twenty-third of January golden birthday today. But here's how for the how it, for average North Dakota and how this makes a difference. Uh, first of all, there's. The budget, $14.3 billion is what the North Dakota budget will be over the next two years. So even though $50 million, uh, it's big dollars, it's important. We've scrutinized every penny in that 14.3, but it's but it's one-third of 1% of our total budget. And because we started a budgeting process where we said we're going to take care of priorities with raises for teachers, raises for state employees, uh, securing and building up all of our our funds in terms of our rainy day funds, fixing the pension fund. Very thoughtful in terms of how we were taking care of the needs in North Dakota, but we're very fortunate because of the legacy $5.7 billion in a legacy fund created by the voters that we have an opportunity to take the earnings, not the principal, but there will be hundreds of millions of dollars coming off the legacy fund each year. This year, two years from now, where the state of North Dakota, unlike other states, can do true legacy projects that have impact more than a generation. They're not just local, they're regional, state, or (coughs) national in impact and they can help transform our state. And so this gives us an opportunity to think about things we've never done before, and we don't have to do the trade-offs that you're creating, which is, is it a tax break or is it a presidential library? Those are false trade-offs in my mind because we have the revenue to be able to accomplish uh, both of these if we, if we were going to choose to do that. But for the average North Dakotan, one thing we know is we've had the ups and downs in our economy because we are so tied to commodities. One way to diversify our economy is to ha- build and strengthen our tourism, have more visitors that come here. The other big challenge we have is workforce 30,000 jobs open in North Dakota. And we know the things that attract people to visit our state are also the, the reasons why people decide to move here and stay here. We also want to talk about rural development. Billings County, home of Medora, home of the Theodore Roosevelt National Park, second least populated state in the nation. We have an opportunity by putting up $50 million as an endowment that comes in last, that does it. no state money goes out until we raise $100 million of capital from outside sources. It's a chance for us to take an, a dollar of earnings from the Legacy Fund and turn it into $2 of outside investment coming into North Dakota. I'll take that deal any day, particularly when after it's built it generates more sales tax and more tourism revenue for our small businesses and our hospitality owners across the state,
0: not just in western North Dakota. So, and I'm going to get to the workforce thing in a moment, sir, but I guess, but I guess I'm still struggling. I mean, that was, a, that was a long answer for, I'm at home right now, I'm trying to pay my mortgage, I'm trying to feed my kids, and we're talking about $50 million. And I know you, you're, you're into outputs, you're into how do we get the most efficiency, the most utility per unit of, let's say, a dollar. I'm at home right now trying to feed my kids and and I don't understand how 50 million dollars into this library in Medora helps me at my dinner table to help pay my mortgage, feed my kids, do the things I got to do on a daily basis. Well one
1: of the ways that we help everybody in North Dakota is build a strong diversified economy and and we can we do that by having uh, appropriate regulations where we allow entrepreneurs and innovators and businesses to be successful. We keep our taxes low. We do things like take oil tax revenue and use it to help uh, do a greater portion of paying for the local portion of schools. 10 years ago, the state paid 25% of the local school portion. Now the state's paying 75%. You know, that's helping at the dinner table. And so the but, this but, state is done amazing things, amazing things for our economy. And now we're in an opportunity to go out and actually do something that's transformational and changes uh, how people think about North Dakota in the eyes of the nation. All right.
0: And I guess I think most people would say it's debatable whether us taking over 75% of the school funding has really helped with property taxes because many people continue to gripe about this. But let's say about this for a second because you did talk about workforce in your initial answer I want to share with you this is back in 2014 you also did say we could do both so if you've got a way to talk about that tonight let's do it but I want to share with you what you said in 2014 and, and get your response to this you said North Dakota should get rid of personal and corporate income taxes stating the move would give the state an edge when it comes to attracting businesses and top worker talent when I've talked to you in the past or you said hey the number one issue Chris that our state has is this workforce recruitment issue sir four out of the eight fastest growing states in our nation right now have got zero income taxes why not get laser focused as a state we've got this legacy fund and go you know what let's zero out these income taxes and use this as a recruiting tool for our state
1: well that's a uh, that's certainly a debate when i was back in the private sector uh, that was a, a i mentioned that in one speech and and talked about that and I, I think, again, there's an opportunity for us to make sure that if we've got a not just a low tax or a no tax environment, it makes us more competitive, uh, particularly on recruiting people to come here. But the real issue we got right now is not recruiting companies to create more jobs. It's filling the ones that we have. And we know when we talk to em- employees, because it's the first time in the nation where we have more we have more jobs available than we have workers seeking jobs. So the competition is no longer about job creation. It's about workforce attraction and retention. To attract workforce and retain them, you have to have the elements that build community, that create an environment that includes uh, attractions and things that people can do when they're not at work. That includes things like the Heritage Center in Bismarck, where the state of North Dakota put $40 million into that structure, uh, and the legislature voted to that with only with only a $10 million match prescribed from the private sector. We're talking about here in the library a, a $2 of private for every dollar of state money. So this is more leveraged investment uh, that's going to bring bring investment back. And this morning, Ron Ness, the North Dakota Petroleum uh, Council, was at the breakfast this morning. They're endorsing this project. We know that as workforce grows and the needs in the western half of the state, we could have twenty to 30,000 new people moving into western North Dakota. And these kinds of national visibility attractions for us are the kind of thing that's going to help us attract and retain workforce.
0: Governor, you've been pitching this to some legislators. I want to share with you what some of them are saying. Representative Josh Beauche, the Democrat House Minority Leader, says, hey, it's a great maybe idea, but his constituents are saying after five sessions or five years of budget cuts, we've got much higher priorities. Uh, Representative, excuse me, Republican House Majority Leader Chet Pollard, Senate Majority Leader as well, said, yeah, they're basically hearing the same thing from their constituents. So in the last couple of days, when you brought in the, the big guns, if you will, have you flipped any legislators from a no to a yes, and if so, who specifically?
1: Well, I think, first of all, uh, Chris, you know the legislature well enough to know we're in the first quarter of a four-quarter game, and in the first quarter, uh, no one's going to play a card, no one's going to show a card, uh, no one's going to indicate support for something. <laughs> if they do, uh, if, it, if a legislative leader indicates support for a project in the first quarter, it'll get used against them in the third or fourth. So you have to... Uh, you have to take all of those comments with a grain of salt and you have to take a look at uh, you know, do people believe that this is gonna be a great project for the state of North Dakota for the next 100 years. And we should also talk about the fact that we have the support of the National Park Service and the uh, the National Park Foundation. The number one visited spot in the state of North Dakota is the Painted Canyon rest stop. It's only open four or five months a year. It's owned by the federal government. It's part of the national park. It looks like the elementary school I went to in Arthur. It's cinder block construction. It's about a thousand (laughs) square feet. And I think it's got, I think it might have a, a, you know, a raccoon skull and a fox skin and a few (laughs) books for sale. And and of the 700,000 people that stop there, only 250,000 turn off the road and go down and actually go into the park and visit Medora. We have a chance to have a higher conversion rate. If that's the front door to North Dakota, we can tell a better story. The National Park Service and the Department of Interior has talked about putting $20 million into revising the Visitor Center and the Painted Canyon. If we step forward uh, and make uh, this commitment from the state, and if the state makes makes a commitment, we know that the private donors are gonna step, up, step and do that And and do that match and so um, you you know yes in terms of last night uh, having you you know what an honor to have uh, Theodore Roosevelt the fifth in North Dakota Uh, his great great grandfather someone who came to North Dakota to transform himself after uh, you know came here after his mother and his wife died on the same day on February 14th and arrived here in 1883 uh, and the people he met from North Dakota transformed him, and he went on to transform just not only our nation, but the world. And it's one of the in- incredible leadership <clears throat> stories, uh, not just of the last 100 years, but of the entire history of our country. Yeah. And we, we have an opportunity to tell that story, At a time when we know there's, uh, you know, Obama Library, $900 million being spent in Chicago, the Clinton Library, Uh, North Dakota has a claim to one of the greatest presidents ever, and we can take a part in giving back to our nation and sharing a story. And we know it's going to have educational benefits, economic benefits, uh, and I think it's also going to help uh, help North Dakota define ourselves in the future. For too long we think of ourselves as being too small, too cold, and too distant, and we can't aspire <laughs> to do something great of national importance, and now we have an opportunity to take care of all the funding needs you're talking about and do something. We're in a time of abundance, not a time of scarcity. Every, every conversation in our legislature doesn't need to be, well if we spend a dollar here we don't get to spend it there. We can be smarter and better than that, and this is our opportunity to start down that path.
0: Sir, so I'm gonna get this numbers in a moment, but I want to share with you because obviously this has been a big um, topic of conversation around the state. I've talked to a lot of people about it. I want to share with you what they're saying to me. These aren't necessarily my words, so I want to create that context. But what they say to me, they say, Chris, we're, we're using the legacy fund money here, which is supposed to be for the people of North Dakota, but they say it seems to me like Governor Burgum is using the legacy fund money to create a project for his own legacy, not for the people of North Dakota. What's your reaction to that?
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe Joel Heitkamp said that, uh, but I, you know, that is that is a ridiculous statement uh, because this is a. Uh It has nothing to do with me. This idea has been around for 20 years. Dickinson State University, uh, the president 20 years ago working with the National Park Service, envisioned this idea. People in Dickinson have pushed this thing forward. Legislators have supported it. Money's been appropriated for it. I've just come along at a time where it's coalescing where suddenly we have all the national partners. The Roosevelt family, which we need their approval to do it. There's two other states that want this library now and there could be more. We've got the National Park Service, the National Park Foundation, which is in the middle of a $500 million capital campaign. And they would be directing money towards Theater Roosevelt National Park for a library in competition with maybe a few new, uh, you know, outhouses next to a trailhead in some other national park. We have a chance to have something that can bring the dollars to North <coughs> Dakota to really improve something uh, for us today. So I I know that people might try to personalize it and when anybody leads on something that's great they're going to attack them and so in this case people are trying to personalize. has nothing to do with me. You know Chris you know I, I've turned down having my name put on a dozen things in my lifetime and I'm certainly not looking to have my name on this thing. Uh, this is about the the 66th legislature they're going to have their name on this building if they step up uh, families like the roosevelt the waltons and other families in north dakota who are committed to this project it's going to be their thing i'm just trying to make sure everybody has an opportunity to coalesce and take advantage of this window of an opportunity right now
0: governor bergham i could talk to you for hours so i want to move on to one other topic i did have some numbers but what i'm hearing you say just for clarity is hey chris yes we can do a library and we can eliminate income taxes is that a fair assessment well, if you take a look at what we're trying
1: to accomplish and you take a look at our budget. In our budget, we had put in money, $285 million to try to fix the and shore up the pension fund. Haven't heard a word about that since we announced it in our budget. Uh, if that money's not going to be spent, there's $285 million that could be used for something. There you go. We All right, so about filling the rainy day fund we've talked about filling the rainy day fund back to the 700 million dollar level haven't heard anybody talking about that we know that that everybody's you know wants to uh, uh, give money to lots of different things there are all kinds of ways we can trade off dollars and and, and get an accomplished like i said we're in a, we're in a time of abundance and we need to be thinking about and not about or and we need to be looking for solutions that can help move our state forward and i think there's a, there this is a false premise
0: to assume that if we do the library that something else needs to be cut. I think you've done some great work with our tribal nations here in North Dakota. So I want to talk about the D.C. thing and then move on to Scott Davis. The D.C. situation initially on January 19th, you tweeted this, I hope we can bring this up please. This is about obviously the confrontation with Nathan Phillips and the young man from Kentucky. This is unacceptable. Nathan Phillips is an Omaha elder and Vietnam vet who deserves our respect and gratitude for serving his country. We must set a better example for our children and teach them to see the dignity in all people. To your credit, sir, two days later, you did say, hey, as additional footage surfaces, it's become apparent that this situation was more complex than originally reported, is when deserving a more careful evaluation. Everyone has the right to demonstrate peacefully. With that being said, I want to share you this picture, sir, of Nathan Phillips, because you may even been aware of him beforehand. You didn't know it. That is Nathan Phillips as well at the Dakota Access Pipeline protest. Your assessment of the situation as of today.
1: Well, one thing that uh, is a good lesson for all of us, whether you're in public service or whether you're just someone that consumes the news, is to make sure that uh, when, you, when you hear things that's presented as news, that you make sure you understand all sides of the story. Uh, because it's, it's, it is easy today um, through film editing and shortening up and only showing one side of a story to present something. And I think this is something that our administration, I give ourselves high marks during the entire time the DAPL process were going on. There was videos like like the one that was that was put out last week being created every day. Uh, we were thoughtful about how we responded. Uh, and I would say, we res- obviously, we responded too quickly to this one because more information came available. And it's just a good reminder for myself uh, to to make sure that that we understand everything before we
0: issue a comment. It's a crazy time. Now, sir, I want to acknowledge you on this because we had Scott Davis Law on last night, is obviously the executive director of the North Korean Affairs Commission and just to give you some context I know how much you care about this topic but sometimes you don't know if someone in your position always realizes the impact that you're having on people so we had Scott Davis on I asked him about the flag ceremony the tribal nation flag ceremony and he got emotional that day and then I asked him about it last night I want to share with you what he said and give you a chance to respond sir
1: you know that that moment I you know it, it never uh, uh it just hit me you know of all the stuff that our our state and our our tribe have been through in the last couple of years, um, you know, it, that, that moment kind of came to uh, somewhat of a closure for, for me and, uh, and my staff, and I think for our state. But to see all the legislators in their leadership, uh, the, the governor, the staff, uh, tribal members, tribal leaders, veterans, all there, all on the same page, was, was a huge, huge moment for our state, huge, huge moment for, for our tribes, and, uh, you know, it just hits you
0: your reaction sir
1: well scott davis is doing a great job for the state of north dakota uh, but i want to say it's been a priority of the first lady uh, Catherine Helgas, lieutenant governor brent sanford and i one of our top things is tribal engagement the tribes are so important to us as whether it's education whether it's health care whether it's economic development whether it's energy development whether it's agriculture we have an opportunity to engage more deeply with the. Uh, the tribal nations with whom we share geography, and we're seeing all kinds of opportunities to work more closely together, and this was a a simple but powerful symbolic step for us to be able to display their flags in the Capitol outside the governor's office. The ceremony itself was very moving. Uh, Tribal veterans uh, that were there, I mean, we know that uh, Native Americans Volunteer at a higher rate for the military service in our country, serving our country, protecting our national flag, carrying the North Dakota flag with them at a higher rate than any other uh, group in the country, and to have those veterans groups there and have elders describing the history of the flags and what it came from, uh, it was it was a powerful day, and, and as Scott said, I think it's a healing step forward, because at the end of the day, uh, we're uh, we're all we're all related, and we all share one planet, and and certainly in this state. Uh, the capital of North Dakota is also the capital of every Native American because they are dual citizenship with their tribal membership and with our state and with our country and so uh, you know when Brent and I said we're running we said we're going to represent everybody whether they voted for us or not uh, whatever party whatever affiliates and whatever background and so we're staying true to that we're, We we want to serve everybody in the state and one way to do that is to make sure that people feel respected uh, as humans uh, and respected for their culture and, and so, uh, again, it was uh, very moving uh, to hear uh, from the speakers, but also from the elders that were there that day. Some who'd said they'd been waiting, you know, decades, if not their whole life, to see this happen. And that was a, a fun thing. And as I, um,
0: anyway, it was, just, it was just a great day. Very moving. Governor Burgum, thank you for the time, sir. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Chris, thank you. Thanks for all you do, and have a great day. Thank you. You too.